Hello, this is the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with my co-host, Robert. We're here to talk about the AFC West today. Uh, before that, Robert, what do you think about Championship Football Weekend? It was a good week. Uh, we had the overtime game in uh, Kansas City with against Cincinnati. So, obviously, Cincinnati won that game. I, I definitely thought Casey was going to pull it out, especially when they won the toss. Um you know, that uh, tipped pass for the pick uh, obviously was a big game changer there. I think it was pretty questionable them going deep on both on uh, so much towards the end of that game. I agree. I, I think there was some pretty questionable play calling by Andy Reid uh, this playoffs. They were so close to get another Super Bowl. That one hurts. Uh <laughs> For them, though, it's like, hey, learn your lesson, reload, and you know, be right in the mix, in the thick of the mix next year. Yeah, we'll get into it a little bit more, but you know, I I think they have they're really obviously they're really close, but I think they they just need that like Sammy Watkins type presence opposite Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I was just so impressed with Cincinnati. Um, my God, two years ago they were the worst team in football. They're in the Super Bowl now. Joe Burrow is so impressive. Uh, he's he's officially has landed. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's only two years in. The team as a whole is completely over overachieved, in my opinion. Personally, I'm I think the Rams are going to get it done. Um, they're my pick. But I'm not betting against Joe Burrow. I, this Kansas or sorry, the Cincinnati team reminds me of New England in 01. Just this team that you just you just think they're gonna lose. Like every week, you're like, all right, they're gonna lose to the first week. They're gonna lose the next week. They're gonna and they just keep winning. I would well, not I be thought surprised. They, I thought they were gonna make it to the conference championship. I thought they got the better end of the draw uh compared to Kansas City and Buffalo. Um but I was shocked that they beat Kansas City. Uh, you know, I I, I caught a caught up for dead. I was like you know, Patrick Mahomes is hitting his stride. That was the best game I've ever seen against with Kansas City and Buffalo. And then, yeah. and then Kansas City, they did it. They did a really good job in the second half defending Kansas City. They did a fantastic job. Yeah, I don't know who it is. Uh, if it's the line coach, the offense coordinator, the head coach, someone in Kansas City has really turned around the offensive line's performance since Tennessee. Tennessee nine sacks. They looked like Swiss cheese. But against KC, they did a really good job. I'm impressed. They are um, going to get destroyed by Aaron Donald, though. Well, it's not only Aaron Donald. They have Leonard Floyd. They have Von Miller. Like they have th- Aaron Donald might be the best football player in the NFL. Um, but they have three very good pass rushers. So, whew, I just I just hope Joe Burrow comes out of this healthy. I I just I I think the Rams are going to win. That's my call. You're calling Cincinnati? I think it's going to be the Rams, but I'm going to pick Cincinnati because I believe I'm not going to pick against Joe Burrow. <laughs> Playing with your heart. All right. Yeah. Should we uh, should we dump in, jump into AFC West uh, analysis? Yeah, let's jump into the Chiefs. All right, well, this is a hard question for you. What do you think of Patrick Mahomes as a dynasty asset? Yeah, I mean, he's... Clearly, the one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, you're you're only maybe hit on Patrick Mahomes 
quotes, air quotes, is that he only has 381 yards rushing over 17 games. But, I mean, I don't even know if that's really, like, that big a deal. Uh, he still threw for 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns. Yeah, he's an absolute superstar. I, I think he's the most valuable asset in Superflex in Dynasty. QB Since taking over, uh, QB1, 7, 4, and 4 in their four years. The QB7, that was when they missed two games. If you extrapolate out their points per game, uh, they would have had 392.96 points in a standard four points for touchdown, negative two for interception league. The uh, QB1 season, when he lit the world on fire, MVP, over 50 touchdowns, he only scored 403.008. So he scored less than, he scored almost exactly 10 points less in that QB7 season in a points per game. So my point is, he's always produced. Even this year, he had those few games in the middle where it seemed like people started to figure out the KC offense. But guess what? Uh, they made adjustments and they became super productive again. So I have Mahomes in my tier one. And that's really the only question is where do you take him relative to Josh Allen and other quarterbacks? Or so perfect. The other only other quarterback I'd consider taking is in this division is Justin Herbert. Any one of those three players aren't in consideration for the top three picks for me in Superflex startups. I, I don't know what more to say. Like, take your pick, basically. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I think it just depends on who you want, right? Like, okay, so Josh Allen's probably got a higher ceiling in terms of fantasy um, because of the rushing stats. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has not really been crazy productive on in the rushing stats in terms of like fantasy. Um, he's still a really good mobile quarterback, obviously, but he tends to look to throw the ball instead of run the ball. Um, yeah. So, you know, you could argue that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's th- those two guys, especially at the top. So moving on to the running backs. So you kind of had a three-headed monster at running back this uh, this year for, uh, for Kansas City. Um, so both of the people who played a role in this uh Offense other than Clyde Edwards Hilaire are free agents on 22. So we'll see who comes back from that. I think that's like the big question mark for this backfield. Um, I know you're huge on Clyde Edwards Hilaire, or at least you were at the beginning of the season. I don't really want Clyde right now. So it's funny. I've been buying Clyde at every moment, even though their price has dropped every single year. So, right before their rookie year, after their rookie year, and then after their second year. Their prices continue gone down, but I'm buying at every moment. Maybe I'm just, you know, need therapy. But I was one of those idiots that took Clyde Edwards Alaire over Jonathan Taylor when I had the one oh one. I don't and, think anybody was uh, not taking him over that though. Like nobody was taking Jonathan Taylor one oh one. There was a few people, the smart ones at least, that you know, went off of their pre draft uh pre NFL draft um evaluation. So I, I've learned my lesson. CEH helped me learn that great lesson. Don't fall in love with the landing spot. Allow it to be a tiebreaker. Don't let it be anything more than a tiebreaker. If someone's really, really close, sure, let that be the case. But when you have an obvious talent gap on the film, looking at them before the NFL draft, keep your rankings relatively the same. Don't let 
don't let the fact that CH went 35 and Jonathan Taylor went what 38th. Like, you know, they were only 10 picks well, away. Clyde was 30 second. What's that? Clyde was 32nd. He was the last pick of the first round from yeah, Kansas 30, City. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he Taylor was a super early second. You know, they yeah. actually were very close in draft capital. Yeah, I think the, uh, the big thing there was, and that's actually that is a pretty solid lesson to learn, obviously. Um, the reason Clyde over there shot up fantasy boards was not because of the talent that people saw on film. It was, man, Kansas City, like, you know, he's going to get tons yeah. of touchdowns. He's going to be able to, you know, get tons of targets, tons of rushing. You know, it's, and that just hasn't, hasn't been the case at all. Yeah. It's really the, honestly, it's, he hasn't been performing well. Um, he was pretty much kind of outplayed by Jerick McKinnon, the tail end of the season. And Darrell Williams really was basically the same running back, too. So, for this season, honestly, I thought Daryl Williams really was the one that was an eye opener. Um, my issue with CH is just injuries. He's had so many injuries. He's missed 10, 10 games through two seasons. Is that because he's like a small statured running back? Is that just injury, uh, poor luck with injuries? I don't know. It, that is my only concern. Uh, I do think that, right, they're first round pick and they're going into their third season. So you're at least going to get. This year and next in 2023 as well, where they're most likely going to get high amounts of work, they're not going to be an RB one most likely. Those those that ship has sailed. But the reason I'm I'm buying CH again is because right now they're going RB 22 in startup drafts on sleeper, so they're barely an RB two, uh, and they are. St- they're still 22 years old. They're turning 23 this April. So they're very young. And they have the draft capitals. I don't love it, but if they're my RB2, I I feel that I can compete. Yeah, I'm staying away from Clyde. It's fair. I mean, he's he's definitely had a lot of problems to through two years. But I guess I'm just going to go down the ship. So Daryl Williams and McKinnon. You, you mentioned they're both free agents right now. What's your thoughts with them in Dynasty? I mean, I don't think they're necessarily like incredibly valuable. You know, they're they're guys that you can probably get a couple good games out of, especially with Clyde's history, injury history. Um, but at the same time, it's where do they, do they even resign? Um, and if they don't, who is becomes the new backup to Kansas City? You know, I I feel like Kansas City is going to definitely look to either upgrade or retain those guys in the off season. Um, so, you know, who, who's a good free agent for them to pick up, you know, maybe Justin Jackson out of, for the chargers, maybe he's an option. Um, you know, maybe they kind of look more towards someone, you know, some of the bigger name guys, um, maybe Melvin Gordon or, uh, Dearness Johnson, maybe some of those guys, you know, I think it just depends on price. I agree. It totally depends on what happens for landing for spot for them. If Daryl Williams, they do bring him back to split the backfield with CH, I think Terrell Williams can bring value. He was RB18 this year. Like, he he's only 26. He's tw- turning 27 in April. I don't think that they bring him back. To, I don't know. It's hard to tell, right? Don't, don't, um, don't guess too hard. If you can get a second-round pick for Daryl Williams, do it. Sell it. Be happy about it. Yeah, if I think Daryl Williams is kind of... He's at that point that Naheem Hines was the a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're super talented. 
Like, I just think that they are on a really, really good offense and produce. Like, why can't CH do that? God only knows. But yeah, because like, you got to think if he didn't have that 27 point game uh, towards the end of the season, you know, he really didn't have like a great, great game. You know, he wasn't really like he was playable just because, you know, running backs are uh, not very like efficient for most unless it's a top running back. Right. So, you know, you, but other than that, he wasn't really great. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else for these running backs in KC? Nope. Nope. Let's, uh, let's move on to the wide receivers. Uh, starting with Tyreek Hill, uh, 159 targets, wide receiver, six, uh, 111 interceptions, 12, uh, 1,239 yards and nine touchdowns. So Tyreek Hill, He's, you know, he's one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. Um, you know, he's always maintained a pretty high target volume. So he's going to be a large part of that offense for years to come. And I don't see any reason for him to slow down at this point. My question is, is when does Tyreek Hill slow down? Tyreek Hill's been fantastic. Um, the issue for me is they turned 28 in March of 22. How much longer are we going to get wide receiver one numbers from Tyree Kill. I think you could say that about the entire offense, you know, uh, with the exception of Mahomes. Uh, you know, yeah. how much longer is Tyree Kill going to be as effective as he is? How much longer is Tyree Travis Kelsey going to be uh, as effective as he is? So I think he's got probably about two years left of this production, unless he gets injured. Uh, if he gets injured, then I, then I think you could probably really start questioning that stock value at that point. But without an injury, I think he, I think he'll, he'll go until 30, 31. Yeah. Uh, injury changes everything, but Tyreek's been very healthy uh, in their career so far. I, I totally agree. Two years. If I'm in a championship window and I got Tyreek Hill hundred percent, give me two more years. He should give me top 10 numbers, maybe top five numbers each year. And, after that, if, if I don't win a championship after those two years, maybe I'll consider holding them on for their year 30 season, but most likely I want to move on before they hit 3-0. Um, you mentioned that 159 targets this year, huge numbers. They only had nine total touchdowns this season, and they still were wide receiver six. Tyreek Hill is a touchdown monster. They had 18 and 20. They only had seven the year before, but that was when they missed four games. 13 the year before. Like, they're a big-time touchdown producer. So, to me, like, wide receiver one overall next season for the two, you know, the production of that one season, that's totally in play. So, if I'm in a championship window, Tyreek Hill all day. He He's wide receiver five right now in Dynasty. I think startup like we could talk about what our strategy with startup if you want but other than that like we don't really need to talk in circles about terry kill he's really really good at football he has a really good quarterback and a smart offensive-minded head coach yeah i agree uh, i think the biggest question mark here in this this receiver room is just who's the number two next year you know i think my question for this this team is how much more improved would they be if they had a solid possession wide receiver as that number two? Um, I think this team would benefit a lot from a you know possession receiver that's going to kind of help them move the chains 
um, because obviously Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman, they're both kind of the same player in terms of they're both really, really fast. They both provide that down the field threat, but they don't really have that guy other than Travis Kelsey to, to kind of move the sticks for him. And I think they really benefit from having a guy like that uh, on their, their roster. Yeah, I totally agree. I, th- I think the Sammy Watkins type target, that big body, like, Sammy had a lot of speed, and that's what he was known coming out of college. But when he got to KC, I feel he was more of a possession receiver. Like, sure, they took deep shots, but I want, like, you know who would be great for this offense? Drake London. I think that would be a really good uh, compliment to Tyreek Hill's phenomenal speed and Travis Kelsey's over-the-middle work. Because Drake London, he's huge. He's a, you know played college basketball so you know he's a good jumper i would love a player like that to to complement this offense because i totally agree they do need another wide receiver because hardman and pringle they're i mean they look so much better playing with casey but they're not very good nfl caliber players yeah and and i i think pyron pringle is going to leave um, I don't really have him have him being all that useful because he's a free agent next year. I don't really have him being all that useful for another team. Uh, he might get a decent market though, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'd love I'd like to see him get at least a free agent or draft somebody. But at the same time, I don't know if they they want to draft somebody in the first round or the second round, right? I think that they'd be better off trying to get that number one corner, um, you know, to help that defense because. You know, one of the things that you, we see with Kansas City, especially at the beginning of the year, was they just got burned in the secondary. So I really think they need to, to shore that up. You know, the defense improved to, towards the end of the season, but, you know, they, they still could use some help in, in that secondary, especially. Yeah, they can. That's why free agency and the draft are going to be extremely important for monitoring the value of the players on Kansas City's uh, team, but also they just competitiveness of this team going forward so i know i just kind of sh- crapped on mccall Harmon, but they're the only wide receiver not named tire kill that i have really any interest in because they're still young they turned 24 in march and they've had like moments they're they're very fast and when they were drafted by kc we kind of thought they were like tire kill 2.0 but obviously that was foolish They've, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Hardman can be an actual fantasy asset? Like, I think there's a chance, but I'm not counting on it. No, I mean, you, you have too many targets. So let's say they do. I mean, even if, even if they don't get a wide receiver to, to, to play opposite of Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman is not going to see the targets that Tyreek Hill does or Travis Kelsey does because they're just the same player. So, like, you don't really necessarily... The offense doesn't really benefit from from those guys being opposite each other in a two wide receiver set or anything like that. So you, you're really looking for Tyreek Hill as a slot kind of guy, and then McCall Hartman as the other opposite wide receiver in the in the outside formation, or vice versa. But at the same time, then you're you know you're still at that point you might as well just throw it to Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. So you you know you don't have as many opportunities at that point. Whereas if you had a possession wide receiver kind of guy, that's going to like, you know, get you a lot of touchdowns or give you, get you the first down, move the sticks kind of thing. That's more valuable as a wide receiver asset for Kansas city because of what different looks it could bring to the defense. And also that plays into fantasy too, right? Cause then now you could target that guy as the sticks. I, I definitely agree that Hardman 
has very limited value in KC because he's he's a K, uh, Tyreek Hill light. The only reason I would be investing in Hardman, and it would be very, very low investment, would be because after 2022, they're unrestricted free agent, and they could become something somewhere else. That's the only reason I think there's a there's a chance that they could become valuable. Yeah, I think you're you're kind of hoping there that he becomes a that if he goes somewhere else, he becomes like a, a Will Fuller. Uh, Deshaun Jackson type of weapon for somebody. Um, you're looking for deep touchdowns, and you're looking for um, those kind of like you know big plays. So yeah, yeah. Um, and to me, that's not really valuable in PPR. You know, it's I mean it's valuable, but at the same time, like I don't know, I don't really like that that huge difference between in value. You know what I mean? Like I want somebody that's going to give me a steady, you know, steady amount of points every game. Yeah, that's a good point about just like, you know, forget McCall Harmon, but talk about like your dynasty strategy. You're talking, hey, I would rather have the low floor player, or sorry, the high floor player as my wide receiver, like three or four, versus the high ceiling, low floor. I I, I tend to agree, but there is some value to say, hey, if – depending on roster construction, right? Maybe you can play five wide receivers and, and if they're your fifth wide receiver, right? They're your second or third flex and you're yeah, playing that, a player that, Hey, they might get you two points, but they might get you 20 on that week. Like yeah. you got to play them every week, those types of players, because if you try and guess which week's going to be big, you're almost always going to guess wrong. Like, yeah. So then you're killing yourself. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. In general, Tyreek Hill is the only one in value. Um, so Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, I think they're the best t- fantasy tight end ever. They, in their career, their rookie year, they only played one game. But after that, they were tight end nine in their second and third season. And then they were tight end one from 16 to 20. And then this year, Mark Andrews n- uh, nudged them out. And Kelsey was tight end two. I think they're that's older. a key point. That's a key point. He's only tight end nine his second and third year in the league. What that means is, don't give up on tight ends too quickly. Yes, 100%. That's why the the Dallas Goddards, the Noah Fants, the Kyle Pitts, the Pat Frymers, all those younger players, even Mike Kosicki, you can make an argument, but I'm not going to go there personally. Don't give up on them because it takes time for them to develop usually. right? If they show promise as a very young player, you should be really excited and and give them some leeway. That's my general opinion on tight end. So one of those guys, Noah Gray as a backup to Kelsey. I don't know if you're going to be able to buy them right now because the people who stashed them are probably going to hold on and not touch, not let you touch them for anything other than just an exorbitant price. Um, I know I have him rostered in pretty much every dynasty league and you will not get him for anything other than like, something like actual absolutely astronomical. Like, you know, I'm talking like you'd have to give me a first round pick and I might still not take it. That's, that's wow. the, that's the kind uh, of, I, but, and that's the thing, right? Is I don't want to miss on trade. I don't want to trade them and then have them be a tight end. That's like, you know, extremely valuable because let's say worst case scenario that I, I do take that, that, that first round pick. Let's say he takes over for Travis Kelsey in two years and ends up being, you know, a long-term tight end, like top five tight end. 
I'd rather have the top five tight end than have that first round pick. And I'd rather take that chance. I would too. I just, I think you got to take a chance on, on these tight ends. You got to play percentages too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a, that's obviously nobody's going to pay a a first round pick for, for Noah gray. But what I'm saying is I wish I had gray in some of the leagues. I wouldn't buy him for a first round pick either. That's what I'm saying. Like, all I'm saying is I wouldn't sell him. Uh, I think he's, he is somebody who you do not buy, but you're not going to sell him either. Buy them. You would buy them cheaper than what you would sell them, basically. Yeah, significantly, significantly cheaper. Okay. I mean, yeah, there are players like that that you're just like really bullish on, and you almost like, you're just like, I just want to be right. You know, like I just have a good feeling about this player, and I'm not. I mean, you were getting this guy in the fourth or fifth round. So, yeah, I mean, you were getting the guy in the fourth or fifth round during, during, um, you know, rookie drafts. So, you know, you're not really, you didn't pay a lot. So, you know, if I wasted a fourth round pick, you know, I was going to probably waste it anyway because, you know, who there's so many few of those fourth round picks that actually pay off. Yeah. So I do like Gray, but my question is, like, do they have the size to be a real tight end in the NFL? They only are 6'3", 240. They're very athletic. They ran a 4'6", and they ran a 6'9", 3 cone, which for a 6'3", 240-pound person, that's fantastic. They're very agile. But, like, I don't think they can just fit into Kelsey's role. Like, Kelsey's a big dude. Kelsey's much more the, the uh, Gronk type of athlete. Kelsey. And he's a very good blocker. I, I wonder if Gray can do that. So, Kelsey's 6'5 and 260. So, you know, it's not really too far off. Um, obviously, there is some difference there. But, I mean, it's not. it wouldn't be crazy for him to, to get that role, you know, so... I wouldn't be shocked, but that is a concern of mine, right? So when I have like a, a long shot player, you know, like the more potential reasons they wouldn't succeed, it's just, you know, it, it concerns me. I like Noah Gray, and I do have them on a couple of my taxi squads. Honestly, I would have them more often, but I play in too many leagues with you, and you snagged them up way you know, in the late third where I was looking to get him in the late fourth. So it's like, whatever. I don't have too many shares, but I'm excited. Maybe excited is not wrong word, but I'm monitoring. I am monitoring Noah Gray. I think they have potential. It's only their first year in 2021. Let's see what happens. Kind of the time frame when, when Kelsey retires to when Noah Gray should be about ready, those those match up. So that that's a really good thing. Um, but – Enough about Noah Gray. Let's talk a little bit about Kelsey. So Kelsey turns 33 in October. So half about halfway through the fantasy season and next season, they turn 33. They see, I mean, some people are going to say they took a step back this year. I don't think that's the case. Like, it was just that Mark Andrews had an amazing season, so he wasn't tight end one again. I mean, I think the age is the key factor there. I think Noah Gray is the, bet, the hair apparent. Yeah, I really, I guess the question is, how many more seasons do you think you can get out of Travis Kelsey? Because I think it all depends on Noah Gray's development, right? Because, you know, you can, you're probably, I feel like maybe a year or two of Travis Kelsey and then Noah Gray's going to take over. I mean, if, so Travis Kelsey, if they're playing anywhere near their, their quality right now, I, I think there is less than 1% chance that Noah Gray is going to take that job. Um, so Kittle, 
Kittle this year in a 1.75 points per reception for a tight end scored 331 points. They've only twice in their career scored more than that. So they've had the third best season of their career at age uh, 31 going into 32. So who knows? It's hard to know when that cliff happens, but I would not be surprised at all if we have two more absolute superstar tight end one seasons. So, and just to be if clear, you're, you're talking if you're about ending, keep them. Just to be clear, you're talking about Kittle, not Kelsey, right? Or Kelsey, not Kittle, right? Because you said I'm Kittle sorry if I time. said Kittle. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for that correction, Kelsey. These were all Kelsey numbers and stats. Uh, with Kelsey, so I have Kelsey only in uh, th- I think two leagues, two leagues. They're both leagues that I'm gonna be in this playoffs. I'm probably gonna be in the semis or the the finals. Like, unless you have a really good team, why have a 32 going on 33 year old tight end? Like, well, if you have Travis Kelsey, you're probably competing regardless, just because of how you know. Unless you have other like, unless other teams are loaded up on other tight ends, you know, like you just you have to be because there's yeah. not that many good tight ends. So yeah. if you have a bad team. You have to get rid of them. And 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 they could be a good player to consider, right? If you're like on the borderline, you're like, hey, I've been competing. I've been close these last few years. But your roster's just getting older and older and older. And if you're barely Kelsey, making the playoffs, you need to get rid of Kelsey anyway. Exactly. Exactly. If you don't have a real chance to win a title, just just trade him. You, sh- you can still get really good value for Kelsey. Yeah, so I don't have anything else about Kelsey. You know, I, I feel like he's still, you know, going to be, for the next year or two, I think he's going to be one of the best wide tight ends in football still. And then I have Noah Gray after that. So I think, I think you're, I think it's kind of, we're kind of on the same page there. I think, uh, you know, eventually Kurt, Travis Kelsey's going to retire and then eventually we'll, we'll see who steps into his role after that. Yeah. So as a, for Las Vegas, um, Derek Carr, Derek Carr seems to, kind of be that Kirk Cousins mold where they've been effective, they've won some games, but they haven't really won enough games to be that great, you know, NFL wise. And that fantasy, they're just like kind of in the middle. What is your thoughts? When your best receiver, when your best receiver is Hunter Renfro and then um, Brian Edwards, you're not going to be successful in the NFL. You know, nothing against Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is a fantastic slot receiver. But at the same time, why do you not have a decent option other than him and Darren Waller? You know, and then when Darren Waller went down, that the offense was just atrocious. Uh, you know, you there wasn't anybody for him to throw the ball to uh, with Darren Waller out. And I think that's the key with with Derek Carr. I think I would be surprised after the the McDaniel's hire if he gets traded because originally there were rumbles about him getting traded, depending on the head coaching hire. But I think Josh McDaniels is going to keep him, and I wouldn't be—I would be shocked if they don't draft a, t- a wide receiver in the first round. I think that's got to be the first thing that they look at, and I think this—that team overachieved this year because I don't think that the team defensively is that good, and I don't think that the offense, especially the wide receiver position, was talented enough for them to win this, as many games as they did. I. I agree with your analysis in general. I think the Mayock Rudin combo did a terrible job building a roster. They had a lot of picks that were no good at all. Colin Farrell, number four overall, 
they're probably not even going to pick up their fifth year option. Uh, they took um, a cornerback first round. Dude's already out of the NFL. Well, um, yeah, two of their first round picks, you know, ended up being arrested because you know. So well, they Henry Ruggs, right? That that one, yeah. I, don't, I don't blame as I don't blame those as much, but neither one produced the before they got awful. themselves out of the NFL. I mean, the Colin Colin Farrell was awful before he, you know, at the time. Uh, before the even, Leatherwood pick too. The Leatherwood yeah. pick too was terrible. Like again and again, they've just been saved by a couple of late late round picks that have worked out. Max Crosby, I think he was a fourth rounder. The dude's one of the better uh, defensive ends in the league. So like they've gotten lucky with a few. Uh, but that's a really good point is Josh McDaniels coming in. They have a new GM, they have a new head coach. How much does that affect this team as a whole for you? Well, I mean, you still have, you know, your key, your two keys, right? Josh uh, Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Uh, those are, they're going to stay there. They're going to be roughly probably on the same place as they were before. Um, you might see a bit of a downgrade with Josh Jacobs. Now that Kenyon Drake comes back from his injury, he might, you know, he might get some touches taken away from him. Um, but at the same time, you know, you might see Darren Waller, you know, he might actually be more uh, more of a threat because of how much Josh McDaniels, especially in New England, used his tight ends. So I'm interested to see that. And at the same time, you know, Hunter Renfro is a Patriots player in terms of like talent wise, right? Um, he's pretty much exactly what New England looks for out of a slot receiver. And um I think the big key there, though, is is who you know who's the who's the number two guy, who's the guy behind Hunter Renfro as a wide receiver, and I think that's the only question you have because Derek Carr he was still quarterback thirteen even with terrible wide receivers around him, and you know he still had four thousand eight hundred and four yards, only twenty three touchdowns and fourteen interceptions. I think the key there too with the, just the the Raiders in general was just that they moved the ball well, they just didn't finish. Yeah. I mean, with Derek Carr, Derek Carr's played eight NFL seasons. Every single season, they have been a QB2 or a QB1. Only one of those were a QB1. They were QB12, their third season in the league. But uh, they've been 13, 14, 12, and 14. So that's four really solid performances. The rest were late round or late QB2 production so on Superflex, Derek Carr QB turning 31 in March I like them on a competing team because you should get three years of really decent QB two numbers so if they're your third QB that's ideal but even if they're a second QB as long as I have a really good roster otherwise I think that Derek Carr can provide you a lot um McDaniels, his effect for me, like I'm a Pats fan, and I'm going to say I'm really sad McDaniels left. I was hoping McDaniels was going to take over Belichick in a few years when he decides to hang it up. So I'm really sad to lose him. I think they're really smart, right? So Josh McDaniels was one of the youngest coaches ever to be a head coach when they took the Denver job a bunch of years ago, and they're finally getting their second head coaching opportunity. I think they're a really, really smart NFL mind. They have a really good offensive mind. Uh, they were so yeah. I'm for Josh Jacobs. Um, if there's one thing I want to say about Derek Hart too, just as a last little note, if you yeah. if he goes up ten touchdowns from this past year, he is squarely in the QB one kind of lower tier, right? So you know, if, as like I said, if they just get a guy who can finish in the red zone, 
you know, he could be, he could even be, you know, a better asset than he, than he was this year. Now, does he get the 4,804 yards? That's probably a little bit, a little bit unrealistic, but you know, I mean, I think Derek Carr is a fine asset for, for people to have. And, uh, and Las Vegas. Yeah. And why I think they're a good buy is you're getting them at QB 22 and sleeper startup. So they're barely a QB two and, and, um, in your startup draft. So if you're going to go win now, they're a great second uh, QB. You can get them later and you can get them at value. You said that you thought they need a, a wide receiver to be the second to Hunter Renfro. I think they need a, a wide receiver one for Henry. Like Hunter Renfro is a fantastic slot receiver. I totally agree. They remind me so much of Edelman. They are super quick in and out of their bricks. They have very good hands. They run routes, run routes very well. But yeah, what I meant behind that wasn't that want oh, they need big, to get a wide receiver too. What I'm saying is that they need they need a guy who's going to be able to, you know, win those one on one battles outside yeah. of Renfro. Not necessarily yeah. that he's because I think Hunter Renfro is going to dominate targets in that offense. Uh, over any other wide receiver, just because of you know they they seem to favor the slot a lot in that offense, and so does Derek Carr. So I think Darren Waller and Derek Carr and and Hunter Renfro, excuse me, are going to be the top two targets in that offense. So that's why I just say a second wide receiver. You know, I, I think that whoever they sign or whoever they draft is going to end up being the number three target there. Yeah, I mean this this offense is pretty damn scary if you have a really bona fide outside wide receiver. Because Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in football. Hunter Renfro is one of the best slot receivers in football. So if you add – and so I like Brian Edwards. I do. I, I did buy into that hype train when they were coming out of South Carolina. But so far, right, two years in, it hasn't worked out. But, hey, that third-year jump could happen, I'm hoping. Certainly a lot of my dynasty rosters are. But, hey, let's add a really good outside wide receiver. If they can add one, think about this offense. You know, pair those three really good uh, receiving weapons with a Josh Jacobs, Kendron Drake combo. Derek Carr is going to look fantastic. I, yeah, I don't think there's really that much to discuss, really, too, with this offense in terms of, you know, it's a pretty determined offense in terms of, you know, who's what the, the target order is going to shake out as. Um, I think the biggest key there, you know, the, the running backs aren't going to change. You know, the tight ends aren't going to change. Um, the biggest question, though, is, is who is that outside receiver? Um, so, I, you know, I think. I think they're going to draft somebody, but I wouldn't be surprised either if they go defense. Yeah. I mean, their defense is, is a bit of a mess too. As for, uh, for Kenyon Drake, I think Kenyon Drake's going to be here next year. They have an 8.3 million cap hit. Their dead cap is 5.5. So they're not really saving much at all. If they do cut them and Drake has showed uh, some use. They they mainly were a pass catcher this past year. They did miss some games, uh, and that helped Josh Josh Jacobs really have a great season. Yeah. So I think so. Kendra Drake. I want you to guess where they're being taken in sleeper and startup. I don't. I I just know that they paid whoever they are is paying way too much, and I know that the Las Vegas Raiders are playing paying way too much. For That's Kenyon the crazy Drake. thing. So I agree. The Vegas paid way too much, but Kendrick Drake is right now going RB58. So Duke Johnson, Justin Jackson, JD McKissick are all being taken above them. Oh, well, so that's I insane. Like it. I like yeah. Kendrick Drake because I think they're a really solid uh, handcuff. 
Say Josh yeah. Jacobs goes down. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I'm not wishing that upon anyone. But, right, if you have Ken Rodriguez, as your seventh running back on your team, whatever, something like that, and all of a sudden Josh Jacobs goes down, you're going to have an RB2. Like, to be able to get them so cheap so late, like, I'm thinking that people are going to give up Kendra Drake for like a late third round pick at this point. Yeah, if you have Josh Jacobs on your roster and you could get, you know, you got it. Yeah, Drake exactly. for that, you got to get Drake. Like, don't pay a second, but like, as long as it's a a third, I don't love giving an early third just because, it's, right in super flex, tight in premium draft, like the early thirds are valued a little bit, but like. Still, even then, like go get Kendrick Drake just to ensure you that you're going to have a usable running back because one of those two will be. I just don't think you know. I think Josh Jacobs itself is overrated, though. Um, you know, he's he's a really good NFL running back, but I don't know if he's a really good fantasy running back. And I think people are willing to overpay for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it depends on the league. I think he's still young. He hasn't even turned 24 yet. He does that. Uh, he does that later this month. Um, the issue with me with Josh Jacobs is that they're going into their fourth year of their rookie contract. So what are you going to get from Josh Jacobs and fantasy after their first contract? Because for me, Josh Jacobs is not a second contract running back. I don't think Josh McDaniels has any interest just from his coaching tree in New England. I don't think he has any interest in paying a running back. I see. I don't put any stock in, in that for that experience in New England because Josh McDaniels had an extremely small say in the roster construction in New England. Even but, at Denver, he didn't have a uh, he had a running back by committee. Yeah, but that was so long ago. Like he was so young. Like you know, I don't put too much stock into that. I so I with me with McDaniels, the thing he's a wild card because right, totally new coach. Totally new coaching staff, totally new GM. So we don't know, like, are they going to break this team down, right? Because Derek Carr has one year left, and he has zero dead cap, so they could trade him. He's honestly a really interesting trade candidate to send to a team that's to Denver. Now, see, they're not going to trade within their division to Denver, but, right, they would be a good trade quarterback. If they just said, hey, let's break it down. Let's trade Waller. Let's trade Carr. Uh, let's try and just totally refresh. See, if you're Josh McDaniels, why would you take this job and then break it down? Uh, I don't think they can actually compete. So for me, if I, if you think McDaniels is actually an intelligent person that has a good grasp on things in the NFL, why would you take that job if you're trying to compete? Because they can't compete with Kansas City, and they probably can't con- compete with the Chargers. And then, obviously, the other AFC teams like that are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think the Las Vegas job was a good job because I feel like they think that they're going to compete, and they they're in the same tier as the rest of the other teams, right? They're they're trying to compete without an elite quarterback in a conference stacked with elite quarterbacks. And yeah, so, they, you know, how how why would they even expect to compete? But at the same time, why do you take that job if you don't think you're going to compete? Because everything that they've said, look at the coach that they just that they just fired, or they basically didn't fire him, but the, the interim coach that they didn't keep, right? Why would you not just keep the interim co- co- uh, coach if you think that you know if you don't think that you're going to compete? Why would you not just keep the guy that won, won you a bunch of games? 
I, the interim coach was very impressive. Um, it is pretty tough for interim coaches to retain the job, but I don't know of any interim well, coach the that deserves interim it coaches that club. generally interim coaches don't win games, but this guy was actually winning games, right? So yeah, that's what I'm saying. This so, guy, he he deserved it more than just about any interim coach. So yeah, so what I'm saying is I don't think this I don't think you're looking at it right. I think you're you're thinking that they're going to break it down. I think they're going to keep it as strong as they can. Um No, I and, tend to agree with you. Sorry. I kind of got off on <laughs> kind of got into the weeds there. Um I was just saying that McDaniel's the real impact that I have, like I don't say I don't see McDaniel's and go, "Oh, tight end, tight end, tight end." I think that was more roster construction. I think McDaniel's just smart enough to realize, "Hey, I need to utilize tight ends because that's the strength of my offensive passing game right now." Well, you don't I think that's going to be the case still? The only good talents on this roster are running backs and slot receiver and tight end. Yes, yes. I guess my point is, McDaniel's. I think will just utilize the offense for how. The, the roster is built up a lot of a lot of offense coordinators a lot of head coaches that are the often that act as offense coordinator they're like no i have a system and that's what i'm going to run or, you know regardless of roster construction the reason i like mcdaniel so much is he's very flexible he's going to change what he does based off of the team he has so you're right right darren waller is the most dangerous passing weapon they have by far so that's a checkup for darren waller Hunter Renfro, he's the best wide receiver they have. Check up for wide receiver. Josh Jacobs, best running back they have. Check up. So, like, in general, I think he's a check up for players. But at the same time, they're totally new. So, just don't put too much, like, just don't put too much faith in that, I guess. Yeah, I don't have anything else about this team. Uh, yeah, we. I, th- I think we So, the, the only thing that we really didn't talk about there. was – was Zay Jones? He's a free agent at twenty-two. Uh, we don't know if he's going to resign. I don't. I don't see any situation where he would, unless they get him for cheap. Um, I mean, I have no yeah, he interest. Doesn't really in change them. anything anyway. So, uh, in my opinion. Uh, so, other than that, uh, moving on to the Chargers. Um, so, Justin Herbert, quarterback, two, five thousand fourteen yards, thirty-eight touchdowns, fifteen interceptions, um, three hundred two yards rushing, and three touchdowns rushing. So. He is obviously he's one of the top young running uh, quarterbacks in the NFL, um, and I I, th- I just think the question is how high his ceiling is in fantasy, and I I don't see him being in the same tier as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I know you're super high on him, but I do think he's in that second tier. Yeah, I mean that's fine with me, honestly. I I was going over this, and I was like, hey, is is Justin Herbert in a second tier by themselves? I was I was wondering if I do a two person first tier, a one person second tier, and and a Burrow, Kyler, Lamar three person third tier. Um, I ended up not going that. I'm going to do a three person first, three person second. I think Herbert is in there. He's the youngest of them all, and he he showed out quicker than all of them. Right? It took three years for Josh Allen. It took until the second year that Mahomes actually saw the field. Justin Herbert was supposed to be the backup. And then 10 minutes before snap game time in the second game of his rookie season, they go, oh, yeah, we just punctured the lung of Tyrod Taylor because our team docs a moron. Uh, Go ahead and play out there. And he nearly won the game. So 
uh, honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of Herbert coming out of Oregon. They like, yes, they had a rocket for an arm and, and they were agile, you know, the big, big dude, but I wasn't super impressed, but honestly, uh, after what we've seen in the NFL, I think that's more of a, a co- condemnation of the offensive coordinator and the head coach that was going in, uh, in Oregon. Cause they're they're They've been a superstar for me. I, I'm yeah, totally, I mean, he's definitely totally okay saying that there are, he if is you take them over Allen or Mahomes, you're I'm no, not doing it personally, but fine. No, you're no, 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 you talk he's, about not even close with them. he's not you even talk close about to the same tier. with them. They finished above Mahomes this year and they were only a little bit behind Allen. Like the so ceiling's I think there. Part of the, that, the reason that was the reason that was there is because the the cheat the Chargers were in significantly more shootouts in terms of the the defense was was a problem for them and a lot and he had five thousand yards so you know I don't know if that's going to be repeatable I think he's going to probably go back down to like probably forty five hundred or so um, and that's a difference that puts him back in that you know quarterback uh, four ish. I, I think people are reading into this too much. I think I think people need to go in, go ahead and go with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. The talent's just way too is is far and above for those two. So I, I do agree with that. I, I would take Allen and Mahomes over them. I would. But right, you say, okay, if they lose five hundred passing yards, okay, fine. They're only QB four or five. They're QB four or five that's twenty three years old right now. How is that not more valuable than like if you get QB four or five for 10, 15 years, like that's, that's perfectly fine with me. I I mean, sure. You take them high, but I'm saying taking them at the same level as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes is crazy. Um, the weapons here are also like as much as we want to talk about how great, uh, Justin Herbert is. The weapons are also fantastic. Um, he has a great deep threat in Mike Williams. He has a fantastic possession receiver in Keenan Allen. He has a great running back in Austin Eckler that's always also fantastic out of the backfield. And he has a decent offensive line. Um, the only question mark there is the tight end. Um, but, you know, you have plenty of weapons there to do, you know, whatever you want and go with any in any different direction for the offense. So, you know, I don't, I don't really think it's, I think it's unfair to say because, you know, I I just think that the weapons kind of also helped him produce. So it's funny. I I actually, the biggest concern I have with Herbert is the weapons. Mike Williams turns 28 in October. They're unrestricted free agent after playing out their fifth year option. Keenan Allen turns 29 in April. Right, that's the point, though. Austin Eckler you know, you're, turns twenty-seven. You're, like, so he had these. He's had this beginning of his career. Has had, he's had all these weapons, right? Um, you know, I want to see what he looks like without Mike Williams first before I say that he's in the same tier as Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes. I want to see what he looks like with just Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Yeah, I, I so. I'm curious to see what happens. Do they bring back Mike Williams? Do they draft another first-round pick? Hey, Mike Williams is a first-round pick. Keenan Allen was a first-round pick. They they seem to like that. Maybe that'll be the move they go. I hope not. Honestly, I hope they go and try and get a right tackle. Um, the left tackle they took out of Northwestern, whose name's escaping me for some reason. He was an, a Pro Bowl, maybe even All-Pro this year. Amazing player. You know, Great pick for them. Um, because their offensive line is rookie or is pretty bad. Um, and now it's like good. 
can they get it to be great? Um, so I do want to say Keenan Allen was not a first round pick. He was a third round pick. Oh, that's my mistake. I, <laughs> my mistake. Um, okay. But yeah, like what do they do at Mike Williams? Do they bring him back? Do they replace him with a comparable player? I agree. They do have some really good weapons, but they're all aging. I mean, Jared Cook, who actually, he was pretty solid this year. He saw 83 targets. He was pretty effective. Not really great as a fantasy receiver, but just to help out their quarterback, they were useful. Turns 35 this year. Like, come on. How many years, any more years are we going to count on that? So, yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I hate Justin Herbert because I don't, but I don't think he's in the same tier as those two, especially with the potential long-term question marks of the weapons and you haven't seen what he can produce without those weapons with Patrick Mahomes. I've seen what he could do without those weapons, you know, with, with um, Josh Allen, I've seen what he can do without those weapons. Right. So I'm still not, I'm not worried about those guys as much as I am about Justin Herbert because I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think we're cool a little bit. Um, I, I, I agree. I'm very interested to see what happens with Herbert. Not even Herbert. I, I really like Herbert. I think they're fantastic. My only concern is can they replace their, their wide receivers and their tight ends, their running backs going forward? Because they're all old or older. Um, so, yeah, if they, if they swing and a miss on the replacements, how good is Herbert? Like, can they produce with very average players? I don't know, but I'm investing very heavily. They are absolutely a top five pick for me in, uh, in a startup draft, and I, I would take them 103. I'd take them over Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I feel like you. I feel like it should be – honestly, I feel like it should be top five. should all be quarterbacks. That's my personal opinion, but I just think that's how valuable quarterbacks are in Superflex. But at the same time, you know, you can argue with me about Jonathan Taylor going and thrown in there, and that's fine. I would I would be okay with that. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's 103, you know – somewhere around there 104 maybe but all right so let's not argue too much about one or two spots how about let's move on the running backs austin eckler i talked about how i think they're kind of older and that concerns me are you concerned with eckler's age 20 touchdowns this year he's gonna regress so i would sell him because you he's not gonna get 94 targets and he's not gonna get 20 touchdowns in a season again so i agree i am selling uh eckler but I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I, I, you sound pretty concerned about him. I, I'm not. I think they're really going to be great. I mean, like, he's still a wide receiver or, or not a wide receiver, a running back one. He's so, just right, not, you he's said just not, you not running back get, two. He's just not running back two. The tart. No, no, they're not. They're going off at RB seven. That that's, that's the value that I want to talk about is, uh, yeah, is I think you one. could probably convince a Chargers fan to buy him for running back two value. I don't know. Maybe some dumb ones. I don't think there are too many out there that were going to go with that. Just because he's older. If he was younger, maybe. But even then, I wouldn't. See, you're you're talking about running back age differently than I think you should. So you need to be thinking about running back age as like years on the tires. Austin Eckler didn't start for most of his years in, at the beginning of his career. So you know you're you still don't see that much wear on the tires. That is important, but ages matters too. Like. Do you really think Austin Eckler is going to be the player he is at at running at age thirty? I think he'll be similar. Um, That's but my the thing point, is, though, right? The, the thing is, is he's he's kind of he's a smaller back, so you know 
at 30, you know, three years of doing this, that's actually pretty comparable value. Honestly, that's where I see Jonathan Taylor in three years with the, the wear on Jonathan Taylor's tires. I don't see Jonathan Taylor being the same uh, productive running back as like as he was this year. And Jonathan Taylor's fantastic. But, you know, if we're talking about what does he look like, you know, three years from now, there's a lot of wear on those tires. I don't know if he can stay healthy that long. And it's the same thing with Jonathan or with uh, Austin Eckler. So, so my point is just about value, right? When you're trading with someone, right? When they just look at that, they're looking at the player and they're like, age 26. Hmm. Meanwhile, I can look at Javante Williams who says age 21 right now, right? That five-year gap, even like you have a really good point about where versus years, but where plus years, really where plus years, I think is what's important. It is factoring both in. It's super important. But also like there are a lot of dynasty managers out there that like don't quite grasp that or at least don't grasp it fully. So like that is important for their value, right? Their value, if they were producing what they did the last three years and they were 24, they they probably would be RB2. And some people would probably be even arguing RB1. Now that's crazy. So my my real bone I want to pick with you is the thing about receiving. You said you don't think they're going to get 94 receptions. Why not? They got 100 and, 108 uh, in 2019 with with rivers now i think that's inflated because old men tend to chuck it down but then last year in 2020 or i guess two years ago now 2020 he had 65 targets through 10 games right if you extrapolate that out he actually would have had more catches his first year with herbert than he did this past year so or that's with uh Tyrod taylor too but it was one uh, game I, he had Tyrod taylor had more than one game no, it was one game. He only played one game, and going to the second game is when he got his lung pun- punctured. So either way, though, uh, which I, I I would say that Austin, uh, Austin Eckler, he didn't have the he did he's not going to have ninety four tar. I, I'd say he's going to probably be around like eighty. That's that's my guess. I don't think I don't see it. I don't see any right. We talked about it. We have one wide receiver. We have, you know, like a half of a tight end. And what's the second wide receiver? Like, why wouldn't Eckler keep getting huge volume? Uh, they're very efficient. So for me, I think Eckler is a great um, championship running back. You're going to get at least one more running back one with. I think it's likely there'll be a top six RB next season, scoring wise. And then in 23, that's when I start to get worried. I'm very confident for them next year. In 23, I start to get worried. In 24, I am very concerned. So, name game, would you rather have Dalvin Cook? I'd probably rather have Dalvin Cook. What about Derrick Henry? We're talking about next year. So if I was a contender, I'd want Derrick Henry. If I was not, I would rather want Austin Eckler. Okay. What about Mixon? Uh, I'll take Mixon. How about Kamara? Kamara. All right. So you are totally down on Austin Eckler. So Kamara is RB6, and then Cook, Henry, Mixon are 8, 9, and 10 on sleeper startup. So you know, the only person yeah, I would say up. that I would might, that I'd probably flip flop between is Joe Mixon and. 
Austin Eckler. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I see all of them as really close. Um, personally, I'm I'm less of a fan of Cook and Henry than the other three. I think Mixon's a younger player and a better offense, so he's going to be, you know, as a workhorse, better off. Whereas Eckler and Kamara, they're the uh, PPR back, so they tend to have a right. That was your point about the usage, right? The mileage on the tires. Uh, because of that, they might tend to have a much longer career. So, yeah, I, I'm i still really happy with Eckler as my RB1. Um, I'm only doing a championship can, uh, team. But if I can find anyone that values him at the RB4, RB3, RB2 value, I'm selling a snap of the finger. You got anything else for Eckler here? Uh, no. So the only thing, Justin Jackson, he's a free agent. So, you know... I think he's going to move on. We'll see what happens, though. I think he's going to be a pretty cheap option for somebody. Um, and then, so moving on to the receivers. So you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Mike Williams is a free agent. I don't think he's going to resign because I think he's going to be pretty expensive. So the big question there is going to be who's the wide receiver to. Um, and I feel like it's going to be Josh Palmer. Um, he kind of increases sh- uh, snap percentage throughout the year there. So I think that's important in order to say, like, hey, Josh Palmer is their guy. I think they tested that out towards the end of the season. And I think, I think either if they don't like him, I think they're going to draft a guy to replace him, or, or maybe they'll just roll with it. You know, I, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Williams walks and I think they try and test out Palmer. You could kind of see that at the end of the year, Palmer really started to get a lot more work. They got an 81 sorry, in 87, 41, 97, 46, and 60% snap percentage, 10 the season. Now that was way up. They were mostly in like 20s and 30s and 40s for the rest of the season. So they got way more use towards the end. Um, this is They were third-round pick in the 2021 draft. This is going into second year. I, I wasn't huge on them coming out of college, to be honest. They weren't great in Tennessee, but – they showed some moments as a rookie, so I'm interested. I have them on a few, uh, I have them on a few taxi squads, so I'm excited about Palmer potentially replacing them. Yeah, and I think the only thing really else we need to talk about for the for them is for Jalen Guyton. He's also a free agent. He's the other like kind of option that they have to replace him, uh, but he also saw a decreasing snap percentage. Uh, so Josh Palmer took a lot of his snaps. So I think yeah. Josh Palmer is kind of the guy guy there. So I, I feel like yeah. Gaten's going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Can we double back real quick to the backup to Eckler? Because I agree. I think Jackson leaves. Um, they have recently just drafted Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree um, in the 2020-2021 drafts, respectfully. Um, they're both, like, I don't know. They haven't been very good. Like Kelly kind of was exciting his rookie year, but he went from 111 rushes in 2020 to 33 this season. So like they're going to bring in a, another player, right. To be the backup. Like, do you think they're going to use those two as a com- you know, combo to be the backup? I mean, I feel like, I feel like they're going to probably bring somebody in, but I don't think it's going to be a high draft pick and I don't think they're going to sign anybody. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Probably another like fourth or fifth rounder, or maybe if they can bring in a, a very low money deal, veteran minimum for a running back. Um, I guess that's my point is like, don't invest in these two as a as a handcuff. Like, I, I just don't see them being worth it. What about Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen, he's turned 29 in April. He's been a gr- he's 
had a great career. How much longer are you counting on him producing these wide receiver one numbers? Three, four years. Wow, man. What I mean, whew. I don't. I don't know if I can see three to four, but that would be great for all the Keenan Allen owners. So yeah, you must be really buying Keenan Allen everywhere then, because he's not getting valued at three to four more years of wide receiver one numbers. He's wide receiver ten. I, his target share is amazing. No, I don't. I don't see why you wouldn't buy him. Age. That's the only reason. Age is the only concern for people. I think. I definitely think he's got another I mean, wide he's receiver. There, yeah, he's the same age, same age pretty much as you know, like the DeAndre Hopkins, the Devontae Adams of the world. And I don't think anybody's really considering them. You know, dropping off a cliff. You know, honestly, uh, that's where you and I differ. I'm super concerned about DeAndre Hopkins. And honestly, I'm worried about Adam Soup because I don't think he's going to be in the same place with Rodgers. Now, if he is, I'm not worried about him. But I, I think so, they'll be separate. But yeah, anyways, so you're so you're thinking that. so you're th- like so my thing is with that is I think you're yeah you're concerned with Hopkins and I think that's founded mostly because you know he did have the injury this year and that's usually the start of the decline right so usually whenever you look at these receivers usually they don't start to see a decline until they start getting injured. So I think, you know, you're, I think that's what you're kind of looking for. Yeah, that's a good point. So Keenan Allen, he got the big money deal. His cap hit the next three years is 19.2, 21, and 25.8 million. Now the key is for me is they, they cannot move on from him this coming year. It's $24 million uh, dead cap. But next year it's only 5.4 and it just keeps going down. So my concern is, is if Keenan Allen can't maintain that high, high level, supreme level, like possession receiver that he's been in 2022, I think they cut him just because the the number is going to be so gaudy. That's that's my that's my only concern. Is he's older. Like when will he decline? If, if you have an elite quarterback, if you have an elite quarterback and you don't have a replacement, why cut him? Well, that's the thing is what do they do with wide receiver in the next two years? Do they bring in, do they draft one in the first round? Do they draft a second round pick this year that turns out to be good? Like that's the thing is, is what do they do? So yeah, sure. The thing is with this, even all these like the, the like kind of good, like very good to like superstar receivers. The key there is who is replacing them, you know, cause he, cause Keenan Allen's not on that same tier as, you know, Devontae Adams. And, you know, I, I'd say he's like a tier below, like Devontae Adams, John Hopkins, Julio, like what he was at, you know, his pre his his number one days, right? Like he's yeah, not on that tier. He's the tier below it. So <laughs> the same time, but though, like if you don't have a replacement for that guy, you can't just get rid of him, especially if you're competing. And if you're not competing with Justin Herbert, your quarterback, you have serious questions about your your the functionality of your organization. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Keenan Allen, if he's uh, on your team as a contender, he he could be your wide receiver one. Um, if he's my wide receiver one, I better be really strong in other places. I, yeah, three to four years, I'm not quite there to thinking he'll be there. Um, if you believe three to four years of of wide receiver, you know, ten production like he's been doing year in year out, you should be buying him everywhere because you're not going to pay that type of price. How about the tight ends? Were you ready to talk about tight ends here? Yeah, I've been ready to talk about tight ends for a while. Uh, <laughs> All right. 
Oh, uh, we Sorry, don't. Have, they don't have any on the five. roster. The question is, who is the starting tight end? Because none of these guys are coming back. Well, you're forgetting about McKitty. He uh, he was third round pick this past season. I'm not looking to have a third string or third round pick at tight end come in and be the starting tight end for me if, if I'm trying to contend. Well, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not counting on them very much. I had eight targets as a rookie. But you are the person that was just talking about Noah Gray, you know, at length. So I think Trey McKitty there's there's some some words. Um but personally, I actually like Par Parham too. He is a free agent, but I can't imagine the money is going to be much. I, I personally what I'm trying to do is grab D- Darnold Parnum and Trey McKitty for, you know, fourth round picks and in leagues and like pairing them up and hope that one of them becomes their starting tight end bringing a free agent is totally possible because i mean jared cook totally i think he's gonna retire like at this point so yeah jared cook probably should have retired two years ago don't don't get me wrong like i'm not saying parma mckitty should be talked about much or, or valued much these are super super deep sleeper picks like nothing more I'm just intrigued because you should be able to get him very cheap. And like you said, Jared Cook should retire. So potentially they could take on a starting role on a very, very good offense. So that's the only reason I'm interested. Well, even with Jared Cook, they was only tight end 18. So even still, they don't go to the tight end much. So that's that's something to factor in there. It's hard to say that though, right? One, they just got a new OC. Right, they totally turned this team over after Herbert's first year, and also right, like Jared Cook, he was 34 this past season. So, if they had, you know, an actual pretty good tight end, maybe that would change. So let's move on to the team that I think is actually the most intriguing team in this division. Um, you know, we could continue to talk about the tight ends that might do something, but you know, I think no, the, no, the Broncos good. are intriguing team for two reasons. The quarterback question is a huge part of this roster construction, but this is also one of the best rosters in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, they're so intriguing for so many reasons, right? New head coach, uh, amazing roster. They need a quarterback. Oh, also, by the way, the owner's selling the team. Like, there is no shortage of storylines for the Denver Broncos. So I don't think any, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter in 22 for this team, and I definitely don't think it's going to be Drew Locke. So I think your your big question is going to be who's the starter. I think they either draft someone, or they they have to go with you know free agent like maybe like I know they're going to try to get Aaron Rodgers, and I know they're going to try to get you know some of the other top names, but um, I, I would say that they're probably they're likely to be in 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 on any of the, the trade targets. Um, you know, I think Deshaun Watson's an interesting case for them. Um, but, you know, who knows what happens there. They have a lot of draft capital. You know, they have the first round pick. They have the two seconds, the two thirds, the fourth, two fifths, a sixth, and three sevenths. So they have plenty, plenty of draft capital. And, you know, they're, they're stacked at running back. They're stacked at wide receiver. They're stacked at tight end. The only question mark about this team is the offensive line and the quarterback. Yeah, I think your your overall view of the team is totally right. They have nothing at QB, but the skill positions I'm actually super excited for. I'm one of the biggest Javante Williams fans there are. I actually had them above Najee in my rookie drafts last year. I just love the talent. They had a 37% force miss tackle rating this year. That's number one in the NFL. 
They had 1,200 total rushing yards. They had 45 catches as a record. Guess what? They also split carries down the middle exactly 203 to 203 with Melvin Gordon. So Javante right now is an RB5 in, in startup, and I am not sure if that's even high enough. Yeah, so if, if Melvin Gordon leaves, Javante Williams immediately becomes a high-end running back one for me. Um, but that's obviously the question. I know there was rumblings uh, where Melvin Gordon says he wants to come back. And if he does come back, I would then Javante Williams is obviously less uh, valuable in that case. Uh, he's a more long-term asset at that point. But Yeah, that's true. But even if Melvin Gordon comes back, I only think it's for a year, maybe two. And Javante's so young. He's not even 22 yet. So I, it's hard for me to find a price that I'm not willing to pay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a huge Javante Williams fan, but I, you know, I think the biggest question mark is if Melvin Gordon comes back. Um, and, and that's more just for this year. I, I don't think there's any situation where he's there for multiple years. But, yeah. you know, as much as we say like the quarterback's the biggest problem here, I you know I think the biggest problem with this in fantasy at least is that they have too many weapons. Um, you know yeah. they have Cortland Sutton, they have Jerry Judy, they have Tim Patrick, they have Noah Fant, they have Albert, and I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm not even going to try. Albert O. Um, all of those guys are very good assets in and the NFL. Forgot about KJ Hamler. Yeah, and KJ Hamler is the is the, the slot. You know, so. <laughs> I don't want any of these guys in fantasy because, um, I mean, you don't you don't really know what you're going to get out of them. Yeah, so I've been a huge Jerry Judy truther. Um, I had them wide receiver two in 2020. I had them over Justin Jefferson. I had them – CD was the only receiver I had over him, and I look like an idiot right now, and I feel like one. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm still a Judy fan. I thought they were going to be great in their second year, and they, they did do much better. Um they they just missed a lot of time, right? The first year they had a big catch issue. They only had 52 catches on 113 targets. Uh, this year they they had a much better catch percentage, but they missed uh, seven games. But the thing is, is their tw- wide receiver 25 is startup value right now. So like, I don't know. That's like really high for me. I, I thought I was in on Jerry Judy, and then I started looking at what it takes to acquire them, and I'm not so sure on that anymore. Yeah, I'm not looking to acquire any of these guys. Um, I don't, I don't want any of them, uh, just because I don't know what you're going to get week from week. Uh, you know, you could have a big game with Cortland Sutton one week, and then he puts up an egg, and then maybe you get the same with Jerry Judy one week, and then maybe Tim Patrick. Yeah, so I've never been a big Cortland Sutton fan. Um, I like, I mean, what they did the, what was that, their second year when they really broke out? I was impressed by it, but everyone just overreacted and acted like they were, you know, wide receiver five in Dynasty. Like, as of right now, they've already torn an ACL, but hey, they looked really good coming off it. So I'll give them that. But they're, they turned 27 this year. Like, they're already quite a bit older. And it's, unless we have a quarterback answered, this year, right? If we bring in an established QB this season, I don't want anything to do with Cortland Sutton. I don't want to have to wait a year or two more for a, a competent quarterback for Cortland Sutton because they'll be too old for me. Tim Patrick. Well, I mean, you're, you're looking at this, this roster is going to be set in stone pretty much for the next five to six years. So you're going to have to deal with this target share 
for five to six years. So why would you buy into that right now? Well, that's the thing is honestly, I give the GM a lot of credit, right? Everyone thinks that the dead cap for Tim Patrick after 22 is 1.75 million. The dead cap for Cortland Southern is 3.6. They could easily walk away from both players. Why would you? If they, they're not, if they those aren't terrible out. deals. There's aren't terrible if deals. It, so the only, t- only chance out. you're going to, the only chance you're going to walk away from those deals is if you're just blowing it up. And I don't see any situation why you would blow this roster up. I, I mean, yeah, you have a point, but, but I guess what I'm saying is it's not set in stone by any means. Like they have literally no one on this roster is a big money deal. Long-term everyone is either a rookie contract or they have a easy escape clause. So, but they also have a ton of cap space. So it's not like we're worried. You're not worried about that either. So like you can, you can fit Aaron Rodgers, for example, or Russell Wilson into your huge cap space that you have. And then you're still, you're perfectly able to compete with that. And, and it's not, that's not really that, you know, that big a deal. Well, I mean that that's the dream, right? Is to get Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. That's the dream in depth. Because then well, all if you sudden, don't if you don't get any of those guys though, just blow it up. Because at that point, you're not competing and you don't have a quarterback. So just blow it up. Well, it depends, right? They definitely have the draft pick to take a QB really early. So I'm if I if they took a QB with that top ten pick they have. I'm not going to blow it up at least until I see. Yeah, you're not blowing it up year. this year, but then, but I'm saying okay, like, yeah. let's yeah, say yeah. like, yeah, let's say you you draft that guy and then he doesn't work out. Let's yes, say you, you, that, you give him two point, years. I would do that. Yeah, blow it up. Just blow it up. Blow yes, it all up. I agree. I agree. But so I actually really like Melvin Gordon as a buy. Melvin Gordon and a timeshare had 1,100 yards, had 10 touchdowns and 28 catches. That Melvin Gordon is pretty good. Like they're they turn 29 this year, so they're definitely older. So the only way I would do this is a very competitive um team that I want to add them as like my RB three or four for depth. But the price is cheap. They're RB39 in a startup. Like I should be able to get could I build, buy Melvin Gordon for you off of you for a late second? Would that work? As a competitor if I'm a competitor, no. If you're a competitor and I'm my team is terrible, yes. What if, I mean, all right, fine. Say you're middle of the road team though, right? And you're like, eh, I'm borderline. I don't know if I want to break it up or just put it, all my chips into the table to compete. So you know That's this about me. Nice to you. you know this about me. If I'm a middle of the road team, I'm blowing it up. That's pretty common though. There are a lot of people that way. So my, I guess what I'm saying is I think you can get them for a late second, right? If you're very competitive, you just, you just took third or, or second in this past season. Give them your second, get Melvin Gordon, and and push for that title. I I like Melvin Gordon, and who knows where they go, right? If they come back to Denver, that's not great, but they still will have some value. I'm hoping they can go somewhere where they'll get slightly higher snap percentage, but I think they're worth a, a flyer. You know, late second-round pick isn't much to me in this type of draft class. I wouldn't – I don't – care about a second pick at all this draft if it's super early that matters to me right but anything past the middle second i'm it's very devalued yeah i mean i think in the second round you're probably looking at like either one of the project quarterbacks or you're looking at a tight end which i mean 
if you like the tight ends, which I, I do like some of the tight ends. But other than that, like, you know, I'm not really interested in any of the second round picks. Yeah. And that's in a 12 team yeah. league. So that's how we're talking about. Like, yeah. yeah. 12 team superflex tight end premium. So, yeah. yeah. So. It, it's much worse if you're talking one QB. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and I don't have anything else for this team. You know, I, like I said, you know, I I think the quarterback is the question, and I think this the the room itself is is too stacked to allow for a solid fantasy asset other than the running back. I got to talk about the tight end. I got to talk about Noah Fant. I I think Noah Fant is a really interesting like case study for fantasy football dynasty because. They, I'm biased because I have them in a few leagues, and at least that's what I'm hoping. I'm going to argue that they are, you know, on the precipice of of it burdening into a stud. Tight in 17, 8, and 12 in their three seasons, right? Bad QB play the whole time. A lot of other weapons that have been limiting their targets that whole time. They still haven't turned 25. They do in November, so towards the end of the season, they're a young player. Um Right, first round talent. They're very good. They, I think that, right, like you're going to get some back end, some just average tight end one production. And then I'm hoping, you know, in two years, in three years when they're 27, 28, they could be that just superstar tight end. I don't think you're going to see that right away unless they get an Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I think it's going to take until they get some of these other weapons gone because, like you said, there's just too many of them. Like Alberto has to leave, for example, right? Alberto is tight end 29 this year as a darn backup tight end. Like they need to get rid of some of these weapons for fan to do that. Yeah, and that's that's my concern, and and that's why I don't really I don't really have anything else for him because you know I just. I don't, really, I don't really. I'm not a fan of any of them just because there's so many weapons here to to talk about, and I don't. I don't see how you can expect with even let's say they throw the ball 35 times a game, you know, that's still like what seven, eight targets a game on average for, for all of them combined. So I don't, I don't really see that as worth it. Yeah. I think the one last thing we should discuss is the draft picks. They're loaded flush with draft picks. They have, we briefly touched on it a little bit, you know, and yeah, they have a ton of draft picks. Uh, you know, I think they can go wherever they want, and I think that's where they're gonna get the draft capital. If they, if like, let's say Seattle decides to blow it up, I mean, you know, just you can just throw draft picks at Seattle and pick whatever. Sure could. Get get Russell Wilson over there. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of like my dream as a fantasy manager that has a decent share of Denver players is have Russell Wilson come over here. You know, give him your first this year and next year, and then give them like, I don't know. Does those does Russell one shares too, though? Add to that work? Yeah, those Russell shares too, though, man. Oh, I mean, yes. Like all of a sudden, he goes from because Russell's like super devalued right now. All of a sudden, he's going to be a top five QB for like multiple years again. But anyways, yeah. I mean, I this division is one of the best in um, the NFL, in my opinion. Like is. Bad as their QB play in Denver was this year, they were like competitive for most of the season within a play for a playoff pitcher. It's a very good division. A lot of really good fantasy players. Is there any anything else for you on this division you want to talk about? No, no, I'm good. All right. So 
uh, looking forward for everybody. So our next episode is going to be the Senior Bowl episode. So we're really excited about that. We're going to be doing an immediate reaction to the Senior Bowl. You'll probably see these episodes out at the same time. So uh, you'll you'll have the option of looking at the bonus episode first if you want or looking at this first, whichever you want you want. But do be aware that we do have that Senior Bowl episode out. So that's a little bit different than what we've been talking about. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, so for our next episode, next for next week's episode, I should say, uh, we're going to be talking about the NFC East. Uh, Eric likes to call it the NFC Least, but we'll you know we'll kind of go into that um, and our thoughts about that. Uh, and other than that, though, please give us a follow on Twitter at Bubblehead FFB. So you can find us on there. You can ask any questions you want. Ask us to cover anything that you want us to call, talk about. Um, you know, we'll take questions. We take if you want uh, us to give your opinion, our opinion on something. You know, don't hesitate to ask us. Um, and we love to hear from you guys. Eric, do you have anything else? No, I just want to thank every, all the listeners for for checking in with us. I'm really happy, Robert, to be doing this with you. It's been a blast. And thanks for listening. Please keep listening. Rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us out a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thank you.